uh, sometimes you have that philosophical thought of what am I doing with my life, right? The first thing I did is when I knew I'm going to start something, I placed a call to Blank Center. Forming a team is the most difficult thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's even more difficult than fundraising. But Green Pinata Toys is trying to be this $100 million company in the next five years. Welcome to Babson Built, where we showcase Babson founders and entrepreneurs. People who have tried, failed, and tried again. They are the change makers, the disruptors, the hustlers, and the builders. These are their stories. Hi everyone, I'm David Finger and today I'll be interviewing Shivaka Shakar, the founder of Green Pinata. Green Pinata is a toy subscription company that grows with your kid, much like Stitch Fix but with toys. What I love about today's interview is that Shiva never thought she would be an entrepreneur. She started her career as an engineer. Later, five years after working as an engineer, came back to Babson for her MBA, then moved on to project management and product marketing. She never thought she'd be an entrepreneur, but when she faced the problem with her kid, uh, she decided to go for it. She's not your classic entrepreneur in that she actually worked to fund her company, she didn't start her company until she had a kid of six months old. Um, and I also love that she came back and utilized Babson much after she graduated, reaching out, becoming part of the Blank Center Accelerator, and getting involved with the Win Lab. Shivali, take it from here, introduce yourself, and tell us a little bit more about what Green Pinata does. Um, hello, everyone. This is Shivaka Shalkar, the founder and CEO of Green Pinata Toys. Thank you, David, for giving me the opportunity to be um, doing this podcast. Very exciting, and especially given this is my first Babson podcast. I've done several podcasts, but this one is special because it's um, Babson. Um, so the way we are doing it is, uh, say you sign up. Just like Stitch Fix, we ask you for a play profile. Let's say your child is eight months. You may or may not know what, what your child is into. Um, and then, but however, we get some initial data about you. And then every month, they're getting boxes from us. So we have a lot of data to mine. Um, and we start understanding, hey, out of those four toys, which are the two toys your child like? Which are good for their milestones? What milestone are you trying to achieve? So we layer the preferences, the milestone, and we have developed a proprietary toy curriculum. Wow. Um, so what it does is if your child is 17 months old, then we would know, you know, as per the general guideline, your child should be working on four different skills and then we match toy go with whatever mm. toys we recommend. So our goal is that the child will, you know, like more of what we are sending. So they will stick with us longer and also they'll end up buying the toys. Um, I want to go back to why you um, came back and got your MBA to begin with because you were an engineer oh, um, yeah. and you decided to get, stop your career and go back and get your MBA and it, right. you know like um, everybody comes back for a different reason yeah. what, what was your reason? So uh, what I realized when I was doing my technology consulting at that time I was with Oracle Consulting um, and I traveled uh, multiple countries. It was a great opportunity, uh, but I realized that my I, I wanted to know the why of the business and just being in the technology role, you're expected to be, you know, uh, just 
be stuck to your own uh, responsibility, not really understanding the A to Z of why you're doing what you're doing. And that's when I realized, hey, you know, it will actually be beneficial for me if I just got into the business side of things because I'm always so curious about it and I'm not able to do anything with my mm -hmm. current role. Okay, so you went from engineer to MBA. And where did you go from there? How did you end up working on Green, green Pinata? I have my undergrad in engineering. Um, I graduated at ages me um, almost 14, 15 years ago. And um, I worked in technology for a few years. And then I came to Babson. I did my full time MBA uh, in, uh, uh, from 2009 to 11. While I was at Babson, I never thought I would become an entrepreneur. I loved Babson because of you know, how small the school was. And when I visited a number of schools here um, in Boston area, Bab Babson was the only one that I felt very connected. Um, so I picked the school, uh, not because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And uh, when I graduated from Babson, I uh, took a career in uh, product management in a high-tech company. You know, given uh, uh, my pre-Babson experience was all in high-tech uh, high and engineering and consulting, it made a lot of sense. And I was very interested in doing product management because you really own your like this entrepreneur within the company and it was just a 150 people company so it was great mm. coming from Babson and managing something and taking it owning it and rolling it out to the market and growing the um, products and owning my own PL. fantastic right so I did that for a, for a few years and then uh, from product management I moved into product marketing because I realized I'm this kind of person who loves this go-to-market strategy. I love to meet mm -hmm. uh, customers and assess the market and everything. And then in uh, 2016, uh, 15, 16, when I had my own baby, when she was eight months old, um, you know, as a millennial parent, I was used to have everything shipped at the front mm. door, right? I was doing Stitch Fix then. Uh, we did HelloFresh. You know, everything got delivered right to my home um, and personalized. However, when it came to toy shopping, what um, my husband and I realized is we, you know, we went to Target, we spent $200, came home. However, after just a few days, she was bored and she didn't want to do anything with those toys. And half of the toys, we didn't even know if she if it was age appropriate for her or not, because as a first time parent, you're just lost. Um, so half she didn't like, half she played for a few mm -hmm. days and that's it. So I looked up online thinking, hey, you know, for everything there is a box service, a personalized service, why should I go to stores and shop and Amazon, I'm lost. Mm -hmm. um, so I looked for a subscription service, it was not there. And then um, the idea of subscription, right? Like doing something for this industry that has not had any change or disruption over decades and decades, I couldn't get out of this idea of why don't I do this? And so I went ahead, I quit my full time. Tell me about how you kind of dealt with that risk of, okay, now I'm going to go start my own business. I have this idea. Yeah. Why, why 
did you do it when you did it and right. what it's doubts did you have extremely risky and it's still risky uh, because I still don't draw a salary um, it's um, so it, it was also a realization really because once you are in uh, I was in you know one of middle management where you work a lot, lot, lot. Like I was working 14 hours a day at the time with an eight month old baby as a first time mom. You don't know a lot of what's going on, right? I mean, she was she was six months actually when I quit. Um, wow. It was hard. Then I you know it was a, a. Sometimes you have that philosophical thought of what am I doing with my life, right? I don't have any time for myself. Forget it, but. <clears throat> Even for my own family, what, what am I doing going in and out and just always on my toes worrying, hey, you know, these all other people, they're all there at work, but then I'm here, I have to, you know, um, there's just a lot of worries that are there as mom, you got to take care of a lot of things. It, it was hard. And then when I came up with this idea, I was like, what's going to change if this doesn't work? Again, I'll go get back to the grind. It's, it's, you know, nothing is going to change. Maybe I just have to be poor. I have to make sure my husband is willing to be poor for a few years. And, and that's it, right? At least it's a huge chance, which you would never, ever get in your life. Uh, and so for me, um, I don't know how it is for uh, people who are, you know, graduating as an entrepreneur right away from, from school. But for me, it was this golden opportunity that I'm getting to be away from my work and having to report somewhere and you know uh, being responsible for paying some bills it's this one year or two year that I'm getting I gotta yeah. make it right um, so so you set a one year two year deadline for yourself yeah at the time we set a one year deadline that I have to grow this and then get uh, some funding in um, if not the deal that my husband and I made is that I go back to work mm. uh, because you know we have no other support and we have to just get like for example childcare right uh, you, it cost you two thousand two thousand five hundred dollars a month to send a child to the daycare so we have to make sure that we can get it covered so I had to work I don't know if I can use it my ass off right like <laughs> every entrepreneur does yeah. that. But this was like, you have this and, you know, it's it's just one year, do it. So I ended up working actually 20 hours a day <laughs> instead of 14 hours. But it was the best. Even now when I think about it, when I, it was just myself. And um, first thing I did is when I knew I'm going to start something, I placed a call to Blank Center and talked to people wow. there. That's exactly the first thing I did. Go back to Babson. Um, that's why, you know, Babson is so close to my heart because even after six years of graduating from the school, when I went back, of course, you know, people that I worked in the past, they recognized me. Hey, hey, Shiva, you're starting something. Come on, you know, this is what wow. you do. Right from setting up an LLC to, you know, getting all the, uh, even uh, estimating how much I have to spend where while I'm setting up the business, it, it helped. And I uh, joined this. Butler Venture Accelerator, 
that that was great. I got a mentor, Cindy, in the Blank Center. Mm-hmm. She worked with me. She still and works Cindy, with me yeah. very closely whenever I want. She's great. Yeah, and you know they they're so personally involved in everything. They want the entrepreneurs to succeed, which is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I did. I went back there and uh, worked day and night. Best time ever. Did you work while you were? Uh, did you try to think how much of your startup did you work on when you were still working full time or did you just say um, I can't do both kind of jump yeah. have to jump in the deep end so mine is a different kind of a story so I started it did it one year um, exclusively on the startup I, I quit it I quit and then only I started this mm. um, and after a year again I went back to work oh really I did because to what I realized is I did everything that I could by myself but then there was a point when I needed someone who can do B2C digital marketing you know set up blogs do Instagram and now I know everything uh, right I can run our Instagram I can run everything for us but at that time coming from B2B not having the B2C knowledge I needed someone who comes from this, you know, marketing to babies. So I got somebody who came from care.com, which is fantastic yeah. for us. But then I had to pay her. <laughs> so you had to go back to work to pay exactly. for your... Wow, that's yeah. that's an interesting um, way to fund, fund your employees <laughs> for your startup. So then you yeah. started doing both. Exactly. And that also got burned out so much. But I had to do that. I did that for a year and a half. And uh, and also, you know, I, I joined WinLab, uh, mm-hmm. which is a Babson Accelerator for Women, um, run at the Blank Center, Seabell, right? There, I, I realized, let's say you are spending an hour as an entrepreneur on something. You have to see what else you could be doing. For example, I was telling you uh, this morning that I was packaging boxes. I could pay someone $15 an hour to do the same thing. Whereas as an entrepreneur, you're probably worth $200, $300 an hour, right? So it's everything. Even if you're not, nobody's paying you. You have Mm -hmm. to always think through what's the money, right? Time is money. I think of the salary the same way, right? You said when we started that you were working 14 hours a day. Um, getting a full-time salary, but if you're working 14 hours, how much are you really making an hour? So that's what I realized, that I may as well go somewhere and hire somebody to do these packaging instead of me sitting in there all day at the warehouse and packaging, right? So I had to make that sort of, um, Mm -hmm. uh, what do you you say? Trade-offs. Can you tell tell me about more like when you first started, how you validated that this was a real need you know just when you have the idea in your head you know it's a need for yourself how did you figure out how many other parents were were having the same issue yeah so uh, that's that's one lesson i learned from my product management career is you don't roll out a product when there is no willingness to pay for it right uh so the way i did it is um i uh went to a lot of mom's groups um, and did primary research with at least 500 people, some surveys and some just tested mm-hmm. the uh, thing. And also the way I did it is I was not sitting on the idea for way too long. I just went ahead and rolled it out uh, because at least this sort of companies, they don't need a lot of R&D, for mm-hmm. example, right? Um, and what about your, and how about when did you first realize you couldn't do it alone and how did you go about finding the right people? Yeah, so... Uh, 
you know, 2016 was all about a lot of beta testing and learning. You know, I started this in 2015, so a lot of market research and beta tests. Um, and uh, after we started growing, uh, and I realized, hey, there needs to be this lot of different aspects of marketing their technology there and, you know, all these different operations, for example. Uh, I realized, you know, very quickly I realized I cannot do it all myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just started. And how'd you, how'd you find, you know, you mentioned you found somebody from care.com. How'd you yeah. recruit these people and, and yeah. to get them to work for you for, I don't know, did you give them uh, was it an equity deal at that point? Yeah, I mean, if, you know, if, as you speak to entrepreneurs, you will hear from pretty much everyone uh, that forming a team is the most difficult thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's even more difficult than fundraising. Um, you can even come up with a formula or a logic for fundraising, but team, I think it's it's extremely difficult in the early stage. It's even more difficult as you keep growing. So for me, um, motivating the people is the most important thing, right? You get them excited. And then there is this factor of whether you're able to pay them or not pay them. Um, So you can excite people saying, hey, you know, uh, work for free for equity or like in my case, it was just I had to pay her some minimal uh, hourly wage. it's it's hard. It, I mean, for I was lucky. She she also wanted to learn a lot because that that's one thing with Green Pinata. There's so much to learn. There is no one else doing it, especially when it comes to marketing. It's so cutting edge. Um, and for that person being having been with us for more than a year, any job that she gets, she like maybe earlier she was a senior manager and she'll easily be a senior director when she gets another, you know, mm. uh, look for another job. So that is the proposition I proposed. Hey, you know, that's all I can promise. And I think in a year we will get funding, which we didn't end up getting um, in a year and she couldn't stay for way too long. Uh, but however, you know, we, we gave, of course, good equity uh, that she has uh, mm-hmm. now. Um, it was a shorter visiting schedule. Things like that you have to uh, compromise because mm-hmm. you're not going to get it all. Um, and at this point, we are uh, getting really senior level people, uh, even, you know, people who are a bit of a celebrity uh, joining. Uh, that's because, you know, there is, you have proven the business. Yeah, for it's a little easier. Uh, but without money, not much can be done. Yeah. Sure. How'd you figure out your your value prop as you moved along? I, I went through your website and I noticed, you know, you do the um, how you make the toys are all eco friendly. Yeah. Um, we talked about earlier how you kind of set it and forget it grows. We grow with your kid. Right. How did you figure out what really like the eco friendly yeah. thing to me? When I I was like, oh, I wonder why you chose to do it that way. You could have gone a maybe cheaper route yeah right a lot of people ask that question especially you know investors and others like why right um so it whatever we learned the from you know market testing the first year all the beta test and then um however the eco-friendly toys and organic and being um, you know, sustainable and things like that. That comes from my own personal values, um, because 
we when we launched when i launched this service i i launched it because i couldn't find an affordable way to get wooden toys um in a you know sourced in a sustainable manner and being eco-friendly and less wasteful um and then when we started doing the beta test for a year realized there's just so many people like me and then what we realized is hey that's how the millennial parents are looking at it especially they tend to become 70% more eco-conscious after they become parent than they were before. Um, in general, the generation is more eco-conscious than our older generation. But still, when they become a parent, they start thinking about, oh my goodness, what am I putting in the earth? What is, what is the future my child is going to have? And so they want to do more natural and uh, be as eco-friendly as possible. So that's what uh, the, the research says. And that started resonating a lot. So we started calling it a toxin-free toy and then we realized people don't pay for toxin-free. However, they do pay for eco-friendly and they pay for saving their own money, right? Renting is cheaper than buying. And then we give them the option to buy the toys their kids really like and they can't part with, which means you're being very conscious about what purchase you make and what you store at your home than just buying, buying, which was the case before, right? That's good. <laughs> uh, did you find any trouble that, um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when I, when I think about renting toys to toddlers is the, is the cleansliness, cleansliness, and I saw that on your website. You talk a lot about how you clean the toys. How... You know how tough is it to get that message across? How much do parents care about that factor of it? It's almost a checkbox for parents uh, to see. Hey, are you actually cleaning these toys and sending it to me? And then we make sure we have very strict methodologies. Um, you know, we have um, uh, this person who is PhD from Harvard in public health um, is our advisor. We call her our scientific advisor. She advises on, you know, how you clean it, what cleaning products you use, and our toys are lab tested after cleaning to make sure they're germ free. Uh, and we repeat the lab test every few months. Mm. Um, and so for parents, when they come, like we see their, the user analytics, right? So they see, hey, whether these people clean? Okay, that's it. And then let me go see what toys they have in their catalog. Yeah. Because we take, you know, our team is full of parents. Like we take our kids to the library, to friends' home. They go to the daycare. They catch all sorts of germs. Yeah. So we are not this germophobic for sure. Yeah. Um, and neither our customers are. So. I love it. I think it, at first I th it's impressive because you could have talked to a parent. They could have said, ooh, that's gross. And you could have let that stop you. Um, but instead you tested it you saw, you, and you saw just like, you know, it reminds me of Airbnb. If you had pitched Airbnb to somebody, they would have been like, oh, never let a stranger stay in my home. Are you kidding me? But it turns out it, when they actually do it, a lot of people will. Um, what do you think about like, I'm sure the subscription model now, like everybody wants to do it. Um, and it, it's almost like anything... There are some companies out there that are trying to just make everything a subscription because it's like the next hot thing. And it sounds like you started it two years ago. You got it in a little bit on the early side of it. But are you yeah. seeing other people trying to mimic you? Or do you find that all of these subscription models are kind of making it harder to communicate that this is a legit, right. real business case for it, not just trying to follow in the hot market? Right. 
So um, one thing is for sure, because of the retail apocalypse that we're seeing, subscription is unavoidable, right? It's, it is going to happen. People just don't want to go waste their time shopping at a brick and mortar. But at the same time, is Amazon the solution for everything? Could be 70%, right? Um, they could rule the, the country. Uh, but at the same time, it's not the solution for everything. There are some services that needs personalization, right? Um, that, that needs to understand you as a consumer and not just overwhelm you with 100,000 results when you look for toys for toddlers. And that's what Amazon does. So when you are starting an e-commerce business, I think it's necessary to understand whether this industry, whether this consumer group needs a personalized solution. If you're not doing a personalized solution, I don't see a, a reason for you to have a subscription business because you can have, uh, but it cannot be too, too big. What I try to um, indicate here is, for example, there are some um, subscription companies, say in toy industry, there's probably one left now, which um, ships the same exact set of toys to all their two-year-old, for example. Then all the three-year-old gets the same, right? They just form a cohort and everyone gets the same product, right? It's, it's a great business. It can be successful and you'll be profitable. But can it be a $100 million company? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Can it be a $5 million company? The answer may be yes, right? But Green Pinata Toys is trying to be this $100 million company in the next five years. So for us, what's important is we understand the child. We help the parents give the child more of what they like and less of what they don't like. And we you know, make the lives of parents easier in terms of offering them convenience you know, uh, helping them save money, reduce clutter, and then we take into consideration all the values and principles mm -hmm. of this being eco-friendly and blah, 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 yeah. right? So it's, it, you, it, it's important that you think about the industry and whatnot, and subscription business is unavoidable. That's the way retail is happening. Um, yeah. yeah. Are you using, how are you going about that, doing that personalization? Are you using, I mean, obviously machine learning, artificial yeah. intelligence are bit, are big hot words right now, but are you, are you actually able to do that or do you have a plan we to do are, so? And I think, you know, for what we've seen is it's a good fit for us because um, I, I've noticed that in half or more than half of the business, which everyone talks about machine learning and um, there are only a few businesses for which um, predictive analytics and uh, ML is a good fit. And for us, it's a good fit uh, because also the fact that we didn't start it on day one. We served more than 500 customers and got their feedback. And then we realized, okay, that's the way path we need to take. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Babson Built. Please subscribe and review this show so others can find us. If you know a Babson entrepreneur who should be featured, just email us at babsonbuilt.com at gmail.com.